you need a drink today? Do you need a drink? There's water at this table. You can come and you can drink if you just need refreshment for your soul. It says he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. There are good things for you to receive at this table today. We just read about it in our workshop this afternoon. He lays a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Sometimes we think he'll come and refresh us after the battle. If you're in the heat of a battle at the minute, if you're really in the fire at the moment, this table's led for you. He lays a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And you need to come and you need to receive from him. He brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. He wants you to sit and rest. That love we were talking about this morning. And do you know something? It's a banqueting table. It's a, not a buffet. Don't know if any of you ever get buffet frenzy. You know, when you think all the food's going to be eaten up. <laughs> this isn't a buffet, it's a banquet. And you can come and sit. And you can come and enjoy. And do you know something that's even better? There's no dieting at this table. You can eat your fill. He satisfies the hungry with good things. He wants to pour an abundance into your life today. He wants to overflow. He wants to fill you. And you know, then there's the image of Jesus standing, knocking at the door. And we often think about that image as someone who's not a Christian and Jesus knocking to come into their life. But do you not find sometimes that he's standing knocking at the door of your heart and saying, let me in. I want to come in and I want to eat with you. I want to sit at the table with you. And I want us to spend some time together. If he's knocking at your door and saying, will you let me in? Can we sit and eat together? Come. And there's so many stories of Jesus around meals. The miracle of the wedding feast. The biggest picnic ever organized. 5,000 people fed. He eats with sinners. He eats with the marginalized. He sits with his disciples and he shares deep truths with them. He uses a meal, breaking bread, drinking wine, that we would always remember what he's done for us and look forward to his return. There's not one person in this room that hasn't got an invitation. There's not one person in this room that doesn't have a seat at this table. There's a place reserved for you. And so my invitation to you is to come. And I'm just gonna quickly highlight some of the things we might expect as we come. You know, in this room, there are people who serve in the church. They have servant hearts. They're constantly looking out for others. And if you're someone who serves, you'll be sitting going, I'm going to let other people take the chair because, you know, I can maybe find my place at the end. After those who really need to go, go and sit. But, you know, 
I think today, this afternoon, there's some of you who serve continually in the body of Christ. And the Lord says, it's time for you to take your apron off. I just want you to take your apron off and I want you to come and I want you to receive and I don't want you to hang back. And in fact, even as I say that, there's somebody that I really feel that the Lord wants to honor and say, you've worn an apron all your life. You serve my people continually and I want you to be the first to come because you've let down your life for many and I have a place at the table for you and I can't even see her but it's Iris where are you? Iris I want to just take your hand and I want to lead you to the table You know, I think you represent many, Aris, people who wear aprons and who always put others in front of themselves. But God wants to honor you in this house today because you have served so faithfully. And he says, I've still so much more for you, Aris, and I've so much more that I want to pour into you. And so there's a seat at the table for you. And he wants you to sit and he wants you to enjoy it. And just sit, Aris, and, and just... And if some of the, of the others in the room identify with that and you know you need to take the apron off. In fact, sometimes you hide behind the apron. You need to come. And you need to receive what the Lord has for you. And you know, some of you are thinking, well, yes, of course Iris would have a place at the table. Because she's a, a faithful servant of God. Of course she's going to have a place at the table. But, you know, I, I definitely don't have a place. And I'm not going to come and take your hand because I'm not going to make you do it. But this young woman here, and she knows I'm speaking to her, <laughs> there's a place at the table for you. God says, your name is on the place card. It's like a wedding reception. And there's a place card up there with your name on it. And he says, if you'll be brave enough and you'll come, there's a place here for you. I don't want anybody to count themselves out today. Nobody's to count themselves out. There's a place at this table for every single person. He says, I'm going to make room. I'll make room for you. In fact, because you've already got a chair, I'm going to have to move a chair. But there's a place at the table for you because God always makes room for us. He always makes room. And he says, come. He says, come. Just has such a sense that the Lord really wants to encourage you today. He wants you to know that you have a special place in his heart. And even as you come, I just feel the Lord's excitement saying, I love to see her coming. I love to see her coming. She fills my heart with joy. His heart skips a beat when he sees you. And he says, here you are. I'm always going to make room for you. I'm always going to fill you. And I'm always going to give you what you need. And so he says, come. And enjoy the good things of God at the table. The things that he has for you. If we've got some ministry team people here.
here. I just simply want you to come and stand behind these folk. You can just stand and gently lay your hands on their shoulders until they're ready to move. And then when there's free places, then someone else can come and someone else can sit. Don't hold back because you know it is about being hungry and it is about being thirsty and he comes. Because at this table, there is communion. That's what he offers us, that we can connect to him afresh, heart to heart. Just sit and rest in his presence. It says, listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Come, listen. He's got something to say to you. You can rest here in his presence and he will just begin to speak. At the king's table, there's also forgiveness and there's reconciliation. Think about Zacchaeus. Jesus said, come Zacchaeus, I wanna eat with you. And as a result of that, Zacchaeus received forgiveness and there was reconciliation and he restored relationships with people. You know, some of us in the room today have lost something of our joy. God's, and you're, there's something in your life and you're not forgiving yourself. And God says, I've forgiven you and I wanna restore your joy. I wanna lift off the guilt. I wanna lift off the shame. I wanna restore your joy. Just come. Just like Zacchaeus, come and listen and eat. There's forgiveness and there's reconciliation at this table. There's also refreshment. So many of us, the world, the devil, we do get beat up. We do get weary. We do get tired. If you're in need of refreshment, don't hold back. And as I said, it's in the middle of the problems. It's that Psalm 23. It's in the middle of the battle that he comes and he meets our needs. Come and receive fresh strength today. Maybe you just even need fresh faith and fresh hope. Something inside has just died a little bit. And you need to see his provision for you. That he hasn't forgotten you. That he is listening and he does hear your prayers. And he says, don't give up. Keep pressing in. I have fresh courage for you today. I have fresh strength. I have fresh boldness. I have fresh faith. I have fresh hope. What is it that you need? Come and tell me. Come and sit. Come and eat. There's still space. There's still space for you. Just come. And you know, at this table, I believe there's healing. I believe there's healing at this table. Because how many times did Jesus reach out? We have the story in Luke where Jesus goes to eat at the house of the Pharisee and a man comes and he's healed at that moment in the Pharisee's house and, and the religious people are upset about it. But when Jesus comes to your table, there's healing. Some of us need healing for our for hurts in our heart, but some of us today need physical healing. 
And I really believe that the Lord is here today. And if you will come, he just wants to pour out the oil of his healing into your life. There's healing at this table today. And then, of course, for all of us at times, we need a fresh perspective, don't we? It's so easy to get caught up in the moment, not to see things clearly. I've been there so many times myself. Maybe you need something you're battling with at the minute. You need God's perspective on it. You see, God's love and forgiveness changes how we see ourselves and changes how we see our circumstances. I love the story in the Old Testament of Mephibosheth, where David looks to bless someone from Saul's household because he was best friends with Jonathan and he'd made a promise to Jonathan that he would always look out for people in his family. And so after Saul and Jonathan are dead, David says, is there anybody, anybody from that family that I could bless? Mephibosheth is living in fear. He's living in a place called Lodabar, which means land of nothing. And he's living in a hopeless place in fear of his life. And David sends out an invitation and he brings him to the table and he says, this isn't a one-off invitation. You get a permanent place. You get a permanent place at the king's table. And Mephibosheth says, why would you do this for me? I'm just a dead dog. And his perspective gets changed as he sits at the table. You see, Mephibosheth, he was lame in both his legs. He'd been dropped by his nurse on the day that his grandfather and his father were killed on the battlefield. And he was disabled. You see, when you sit at the king's table, he was the same level as everybody else. Nobody could see his disability because he's sitting at the king's table. And the one who was filled with shame and fear, God lifted the shame and God, or the king lifted the shame and the king lifted the fear from Mephibosheth because he says, come on, Mephibosheth, you're part of my family now. You don't need to live in fear. Do you know Mephibosheth's name means? The one who takes, who bears away shame. He carried shame for most of his life. And now it was turned around. What have you been carrying? What have you been carrying? The king wants to turn it around for you. He wants to turn it around. He says, come. Come, let me give you a fresh perspective. Let me even give you a fresh perspective on some of the things that you've struggled with. See what I can do. Come. Whatever we're ashamed of in our past, we can come here. Because our king is the one who destroys shame. And he wants to do that for some of us today. There's rest here for those who are weary. There is provision and it's abundant provision. Do you know at the marriage of Cain of Galilee when Jesus turned the water into wine? It was the equivalent of a thousand bottles of wine. Oh my goodness, that's my kind of a party. A thousand bottles of wine. I mean, it was excessive. It was ridiculous. It didn't need to be a thousand. 
They'd already drank what was provided for them. Jesus gives them a thousand more bottles. It's abundant, guys. He is not a mean God. He's not a meager God. He's not a stingy God. He wants to do far more for you. This lovely lady, and you're actually sitting on your own. There's nobody beside you, so I can't. In fact, the lady that I gave the, the tar word to, you're, you're sitting behind her. Would you put your hand on her shoulder so she knows it's her? You have got an abundant God. You have got a God who loves to bless you. He's not mean. When you come to him, his heart is to respond to you and to give you a big yes. I think sometimes you come expecting a no. You, you, you wonder about what you're asking the Lord for and you're saying, I think it will be a no. He says, I delight to say yes to you. I am abundant, God. I will do more than you can even ask or think. He says, dream big. I know you've had disappointments in the past. I feel like that's the Lord was saying to you. I know you've had disappointments. And, and, and that holds you back sometimes. But he's saying, I am your abundant God. I'm not stingy. I'm not mean. I want to bless you. I have a big yes for you. I have a big yes as you come. Know that he is, as we've said, he's a good, good father. And he wants to bless us. There's abundant provision at this table. And there's restoration. You know what it was like for Peter at the barbecue on the beach? After Jesus had risen from the dead and, and Peter had denied him three times and his heart was broken over it. And Peter comes and Jesus provides a meal and they sit and Jesus asks him, do you love me, Peter? Oh, yes, I know. I know you messed up. I know you said it three times. And I know it's irritating you that I'm asking you to love me three times. But you need to declare it three times because you denied me three times. And he restores him. And he recommissions him. And he says, feed my sheep. There's some of you here and God wants to recommission you. You think you've made a mistake and that God loves you and forgives you, but he'll never use you again. There's recommissioning at this table. He says, will you feed my sheep? I'm looking for some more shepherds. Will you feed my sheep? Don't count yourself out. Come, come and be recommissioned at this table. And then finally, because it's close to my own heart, I'm always reminded when I see a table like this set, that there's, there's a place for the prodigal. I've got prodigals in my life. I know there's a place. I know there's a place at the table for them. God has promised me that. And so my prayers for them are constantly, come to the table, come and claim your place, come and take your place. There's a place here for you. If you have a prodigal today, you might not even be able to make it to the table. Actually, I would come and throw some of these people off and sit up to claim my prodigal's place. But you know, if you need to claim a place for your, for your prodigal, if you can't get to the table, grab a chair and sit somewhere in the vicinity and say, I'm claiming my prodigal's place at the table today, Lord. I'm claiming their place. They're going to come. 
This is their place and I'm claiming it for them. So if you have a prodigal, come and claim their place at the table. As I say, the chairs are pretty full. But as we continue to worship, if you don't get a chance to sit at the table, grab one of these chairs at the front and sit somewhere in the vicinity and say, they have a place at the table. Folk, we're going to just, for the last few minutes that we have together, up to five o'clock, we're going to worship. You can sit. You can stand. Where there's a space at the table, come and sit. If there's not a space, then just find a space and say, Lord, you know my heart. I want to make it to that table. Here I am. Just, I'm expectant. I want to receive whatever you have for me. Come to the table. Come. The invitation's for you.